Hi, everybody. Today is November 14th, 2017, and this is SMB's Options Tribe meeting. Yes, the Options Tribe meets weekly uh, at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time all throughout the year on Tuesdays. And the purpose of the Options Tribe is to share information that will help you to improve your skill uh, and success as an options trader. I wanted to mention before we get started today that SMB training is not a broker dealer and we're doing these webinars for educational purposes only. Today's webinar won't contain any live positions. Everything we show on an options tribe meeting is hypothetical and therefore not subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. Options trading is risky and your online broker has a document which explains those risks. Please ask for that document, read it. If you decide to accept the options trading risks, then the next thing you should do is backtest, paper trade, get an education, and then if you start trading, trade very, very small because you'll make mistakes in the beginning and uh, you, you're going to lose money making those mistakes. So you might as well lose a little bit of money than a lot. And then once you get the hang of it and you start to become consistent and you kind of understand the dynamics of how the options relate to each other, then you can think about perhaps increasing your capital level a little bit higher. But until that point, please trade small. So with that, uh, I would like to welcome back to the Options Tribe, John Locke, who does many, many, many things. He is the largest trader on SMB's Options Trading Desk. He has produced tons of educational material for SMB and his own community as well. He has invented strategies that are being copied all over the world by traders and overall just a brilliant options trader who's contributed so much to options trading. If there was a Hall of Fame of market neutral options traders, John would be, you know, there'd be like a Mount Rushmore and there'd be a picture of John up there. So anyway, maybe I'm going, maybe, I'm <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you're going too far. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, John is going to be talking today about oh, how goodness. smart options traders thrive with an emphasis on the M21 strategy. So, John, welcome back to the Options Tribe, and I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing so that you can, you know, there's that, that icon at the bottom. All right, let me see if I can share my screen. I should be sharing now. <laughs> Somebody commented, what an intro, St. John. <laughs> oh, great. <Yeah. laughs> great, now I have to live up to that. That's right. <laughs> Oh, there's St. Joan, and then there's St. John. <laughs> oh, right, wonderful. Good. Okay, all right. Well, welcome, and good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to join us today while we discuss how to get the most out of your trading with the M21 process. Seth has already gave us an introduction and already talked about the disclaimers, so we'll pass on from there. Mm -hmm. The question I have is, who am I? And that's not actually a question for me. That is a question for you. You should be asking yourself, who am I? And why am I trading? What feeling are you trying to create with your trading? And I say feeling because most people will say, well, I want money. Well, the reality is money gives you a feeling, and that is what you're really after is the feeling. <laughs> are you after freedom, security, significance, perhaps something else? I know for me, when I started trading, it was all of the above. For those of you who may not be familiar with me yet, as Seth said, I'm John Locke. And in the last 12 years, I've gone from knowing absolutely nothing about trading. I didn't 
have really have any idea what, what even a stock was to trading with $5,000 to start out with to controlling millions of dollars. I've created over 20 trading programs. I've taught hundreds and hundreds of traders how to be successful in the markets. And I'm here to help you do the same thing. Should that be your goal? At our company, Locking Your Success, I am a trading performance coach and mentor. I coach both market neutral and directional traders. I also do strictly performance-based trading as well. I provide training in psychology, trading performance, system development, business skills for traders. I am a professionally trained strategic intervention coach with Robbins Medanus Training. That's a Tony Robbins company. Most of you probably know who he is. I'm a master neurolinguistic programming instructor as well as a practitioner. I'm a master hypnotist and a certified transformational coach. And, uh, you know, as you can see, I, I spend a lot of time on personal development. And I do that because it provides me with the very best tools to help you become successful as quickly as possible. As you get into trading, you'll learn that trading is a lot more than a set of rules. So let's move forward and talk about a lot of th things that I notice when I'm coaching people. And that the, that's that there are two extremes when, we, when it comes to beating the market. We have our lower probability traders who deal with low-risk, high-reward trades. In other words, they risk a little to win a lot. Typically, their wins are what we call 4R or four times their stop risk. So what that means is you know, if you have a, a stop that is, say, $100, then your expected win would be about $400. Those types of trades tend to lose as often or more often than they win. And, for example, you might have one of these with a 50% win-loss ratio. Now, if I had a 4R trade with a 50% win-loss ratio, that would mean, assuming things went as planned, if I did 10 trades, I would probably win five at, say, $400 each, and I would probably lose five at $100 each. That means four times five is $2,000. Minus $500 losses, I'd end up with $1,500. That is a darn good trading system. I would take that system every single time. Most of uh, us on this webinar and most of the people I, I train are what we call high-probability traders. They're high-risk, low-reward traders. They w risk a lot to win a little. Uh, often, they go as high as one-to-one, one R, but some of them go as low as one-quarter R or even lower which means that you actually win usually one quarter your stop risk. And those trades tend to win much more often than they lose. For example, you might have a trading system like that that produces a 90% win-loss ratio, in which case if you take uh, you know, 10 given trades and you win nine at $100, you lose, that you get, that's $900, you lose one, you take a $400 loss, and you end up with $500. Still a system that is profitable, but it's actually a little more risky than the other one, even though it seems higher probability. So the challenge with most high probability trading, and this certainly isn't everybody, but this is a vast majority of people that we see, is a trader runs the same strategy every single month, and they hope that it matches the market enough to avoid a loss. And usually, if it's a good high probability strategy, usually that's going to happen, Okay. The challenge I have is that often high-probability traders are under-educated under in the respect that 
they attempt to find a strategy that handles absolutely everything. And in the process of doing that, they end up getting in these wider, you know, for example, maybe a wider and wider condor or a broken wing butterfly that gets further and further back away from the money. And they get these very, very high probability strategies that end up really not making squat, as I would say. You look at the risk that they take or the actual risks that they have on the table and what they're making, and they're just not making a whole lot of money. And they find that eventually, even with those systems, that at some point the market makes a shift and they end up taking losses anyway. And usually those losses are substantial. Now, the challenge with very high probability trades is they tend to run a high risk to reward ratio, which means if you happen to take multiple losses in a row, if you're in a one-fourth hour trade or, 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 or worse, and you take, say, two or three losses in a row, there goes your year. It's done. That's even if things go to plan. So something to consider. But in general, the more often a trade wins, the more absolute risk to reward the trade tends to have, and the worse it is when things do eventually go bad, which they will. And, you know, we see a lot of traders who maybe they haven't done, they've done well for the last year, maybe last two years, maybe they haven't even had a loss in their, in their, in these very high probability strategies, but they're only making a very little every month. And when those go bad, just be ready for it. That's all I'm saying. Nothing wrong with it. That's just the reality of things. So when we enter the same trade, the same way every month, if market conditions are in our favor, we might have extended periods of time where we're making money. That may make us happy. It may not. But we're also going to, we have to realize, or we don't want to forget, that the opposite side of that strategy is coming. And it's going to be a time when the market conditions are not in your favor. And that's not going to necessarily work out for you so well. So my question is, do you blindly enter the market and hope that your trade works? And is there a problem with that? And the answer is no. There's not a problem with that. We have plenty of strategies. I create plenty of strategies. And there are other ones out there. You enter the same way every single month, regardless of market conditions. And over long periods of time, they do very well. But my question is, is this really the best we can do? Can we do better? Well, one of the uh, statements are that I made many, many years ago now, well, I guess many, many years ago, as in like seven or eight years ago, is mistaking your ability to follow directions for your ability to trade is setting yourself up for ultimate failure. What does that mean? If you are a trader and your strategy is to follow directions and you want to do trading as a hobby or you're trading a small amount of your net worth or you're using it for extra money, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can take a trade somebody else is doing or whatever and come in and you can make some money. But when it comes to it's time to retire and you want to keep your nest egg and you want to pay for your retirement out of your trading wins or you want to retire from your job and trade full time, a situation like that, that is a completely different story because now you have to rely on that money. You have to rely on that nest egg staying there. You can't be crushing that down. And if you're not very careful with the way you set yourself up, if you're not able to uh, learn how to adapt to the marketplace, you could be in for one of those periods of time where whatever strategy you're doing takes extended losses. And your account starts to draw down and you end up you know, 
frantically looking for something else that might happen to be working in the market. And you find yourself at the same place that a lot of beginner traders are familiar with, jumping trading system from trading system, always seem like always seeming like you're behind the curve, right? So that's a mistake. And you know, you might be great at following directions. You might find a system that has or, or, or a set of rules that you're following every month that's worked for a long period of time. That's great. And at the same time, you should become a trader at some point and actually learn how to do this stuff yourself. That's my point. So what does high probability trading mean to you? For most people, it is a trade that from a statistics standpoint wins, say, 70, 80, 90% of the time. However, just because statistically something might win 70, 80, 90% of the time doesn't mean it's a high probability trade. Because when you look at the market and what's going on in the market, if you know your trade and what it can handle and you look at the market, sometimes you might find that you'll compare the two and you'll say there's no trade, no way that trade's going to work out. In which case, it isn't necessarily a high probability trade anymore, even though statistically it's supposed to be. I call high probability trading utilizing every resource at my disposal in a way that gives me the highest probability of making as much money as possible with the least amount of risk, given the current market situation. And I like to create trades that have a high win-loss ratio, in other words, win a vast majority of the time, and combine that with low risk to high reward. That's what I'm going to be looking for, and I'm not going to be able to do that unless I take market conditions into consideration. In order to do that, you need to educate yourself to understand how your positions interact with the market so that you can truly create high-probability positions. M21 is about putting all of the odds in your favor. It's about knowing what your high-probability strategies are and how they react to the marketplace. You know, one of the things that you know, a lot of traders, especially newer traders, I guess, I guess you have to understand it at some level, but they don't really have it in the forefront of their minds, is that every time you put a trade on in the market, you are outlining or you're detailing your win scenarios and you're detailing and outlining your loss scenarios. So for example, if I put on a bearish vertical and my strategy for adjustment is to do nothing, as in a typical bull trade, for those of you who know that trade, I have defined the situations under which I'm going to win. I've defined the situations under which I'm going to lose. And I think that's pretty easy to see. However, if you do a broken wing butterfly strategy that has an entry and then adjustments and then some kind of exit parameters, you're still, it's a lot more complex. It's harder to see, but it's not a trade. You shouldn't be putting that trade on and saying, well, I'm going to put this trade on and it's going to win no matter what. That would be an amateur trader. A professional trader is going to say, I'm going to put this strategy on. It's going to have this, this entry, this adjustment, and this are the conditions under which this trade is going to win. And he should be very familiar and know exactly under which conditions that trade is going to lose. And not only that, he should be very aware of how much or the impact of that loss compared to the gains that the trade typically makes. So, again, that's, a, that's very easy with a bull vertical a little more challenging with a broken wing butterfly. You get one of these very far behind the market broken wing condors with uh, hedges on them. A lot of traders don't have a clue. So make sure that you know that stuff. But what I'm saying is every trade position you put on is going to have an area 
where it wins and where it loses, and you should know that. Another thing with M21 is we know winning and losing scenario. We also know the market situation. And then knowing those two things, we create customized, high-probability, positive data trading plans specifically designed to maximize gains and minimize risk for the given market situation, whatever that happens to be. In order to do this, we utilize three powerful trading strategies that were designed to be synergistically combined. Now, just for background information, you don't have to know the M3, the bearish butterfly, or the rock to apply M21 strategies. We're talking about we start talking about mar market analysis and trade plan design. You don't have to use an M3, a bearish butterfly, and a rock. You can use anything, and you can modify them. However, the 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 program is put together using three very proven and powerful trades, which are the M3, the bearish butterfly, and the rock. We have the M3. It is a broken wing butterfly style trade. It is high probability, low drawdowns. It's a trading system that teaches position management. It does well. It, I mean, we've been teaching this since 2000 and late 2006, early 2007, and it's had a fantastic track record, hundreds and hundreds of people. Okay. However, it does have its drawbacks. It has times when it has trouble, as will any trading strategy. Now, we, but that's okay because we have other strategies, right? We have the bearish butterfly. Bearish butterfly thrives in different market conditions. It is a high probability, high yield trade, right? M3 is generally a lower yield trade. Bearish butterfly is a higher yield trade, also higher drawdown, but it teaches you how to handle high delta, high gamma situations. And again, proven over long periods of time, hundreds of traders trading it, a fantastic system. But again, it has its drawbacks, as will every system that you do. And then we have the rock position, which is a little bit different. It has seven different configurations. It can be an M3. It can be a bearish butterfly. It can be a variety of other things. And uh, it's a position that teaches you how to dynamically adapt to market conditions based on how the volatility skew situation is affecting the T plus zero line when the traders entered. And from there, we make educated guesses on what the volatility is likely to do once the trades entered and once the price starts moving around. So that gives us a little bit more probability because it's a little bit adaptable. It's not doing the same thing every single time. And that trade, again, very been a very good system for a lot of people, but it still has its weaknesses. So my question to you is what if – we took these three high-probability systems that thrive in different, slightly different market environments, and we utilized technical analysis procedures to determine what type of environment we're encountering. And then we learned how to create a trading plan, custom-designed for the given situation. And then we added in trading psychology to help you follow that plan, and then added in trade execution lessons to help you make live trades as efficient as possible. If we put all those together, what we would have is the M21 trading system. So we do use technical analysis in M21. And that being the case, I'm, also, I'm, all, I'm always asked, and sometimes rumors are put out there, that, you know, is this directional trading? And the answer is absolutely not. The M21 is not a directional trade. It's a positive theta trade that the market doesn't move, is going to make money, 
99.9% of the time, unless you plan the trade otherwise. It's going to make money if the market doesn't move. It's going to make money if the market moves up a little bit uh, or in one direction and going to make money if the market moves in the other direction to a certain extent, just like any other income trade in that respect. So it is not directional trading. It's no more directional than being a little bit negative delta in a broken wing butterfly or being in a bull trade or being in a bearish uh, butterfly trade. None of those are directional. They all make money when the market sits. They make money when the market moves up and down a certain extent. The M21 is a high reward, low risk, dynamic income trading system. It's income trading that utilizes a comprehensive analysis procedure to determine when and where to locate risk in a manner that maximizes results. We talked earlier, anytime you enter an income trade, you're defining your winning scenario and your losing scenario. If you're entering the same trade every month, you're essentially defining your winning and losing scenario without regard for what's going on in the marketplace. If you're doing it with an M21, you're defining your wins and your losses based on a lot more information, right? So it's like, you know, if I'm cross, I'm running across the street and I run across the street every four minutes, I might get hit by a car. I might not get hit by the car. It depends on if it's two o'clock in the morning and there's no traffic or if it's three in the afternoon and, and, and cars are flying by at 60 miles an hour. So it's just modifying your plan depending on what's going on from external circumstances. Now, one of the challenges or at least the perceived challenges that I see where people come up, uh, bring up to me with technical analysis is they say, well, I don't understand it. And that's okay because you know, we teach it to you in the course. Technical analysis is a lot of, don't, a lot of nuances to it. And uh, if you don't understand it, I can fully appreciate that. It took me a long time to figure it out myself. The challenge is if you think you understand it and you don't, and a lot of people don't because they think that technical analysis is used to determine directional direction. And I can tell you I train directional traders and we do not use technical analysis to determine direction. We use technical analysis to determine risk reward. And if you have in the past tried to use technical analysis and it hasn't worked to determine direction, well, that's not really a surprise to me, right? So the awesome part of that is we're not trying to determine direction. We teach you to analyze the market as an income trader because we know you're not directional traders, but there is a lot of things that we can do with the market to help you with your income trading. So for example, we can use technical analysis to help you avoid entering trades that are destined to lose. There are times, no matter what your strategy is, that uh, or certain market conditions, whether pricing's high or you know, the market's at one extreme or another, or it's about to do something that is fairly obvious from a technical standpoint, where your trade may not do so well or may be destined to lose, we can avoid entering those trades. We can avoid placing adjustment points where we're like where we are, are likely to get whipsawed. So, you know, when I enter any trade that has adjustments, I don't necessarily want my adjustments points at a support or resistance level, for example. Because, uh, you know, and, and if I'm just randomly entering it, how am I supposed to know if I'm going to be at a support or resistance level? But I purposely, you might want to purposely avoid those levels or change your adjustment strategy so that you avoid making a decision at those levels because support and resistance levels are areas where we get very large amounts of volatility and we're likely to be whipsawed in our position, often creating a loss that's unnecessary. So we can use it for that. We can also get better trade execution on entries, exits, and adjustments. And it helps us recognize more quickly when the market conditions change. So, you know, from a technical standpoint, 
there are things that are normal. There's a, there are things that the general market is expecting when uh, you when the market's acting a certain way and trades are going to react a certain way. There are early signals from a technical standpoint that indicate a change in market conditions, which might prompt you to do something else with your trading. And it also changes in conditions also are accompanied with changes in volatility as well, which is another aspect of technical analysis. So all those things are very beneficial for income traders. In M21, we use technical analysis for support and resistance. We look for price patterns. And price patterns are, are support and resistance areas uh, that sometimes they're equal, sometimes they converge, sometimes they go away from each other. But uh, they're very useful for setting what we call uh, pattern targets to help determine how far the market's likely to go, where it's likely to turn around, or where it's likely to stall. We use market cycles. We take a look at you know what, what has been happening in the market for the last year or two years. How much has it been cycling up? How much has it been cycling down? Where are we in those cycles? We look at what I call moving average extensions. How far are we from our moving averages? We do cross-index analysis. We look at what the... The, so for example, the Russell's doing compared to the SPX, compared to the NDX, compared to the Dow. And you know they don't always move in the same direction, but you will find they are always correlated in one way or another. And we look at multiple time frames because sometimes you can look at something in a daily chart and not see anything, but you look at an hourly chart and, and, and all of a sudden all these things pop out, or you look on a yearly on a on a monthly chart and all the in certain levels pop out. So we do multiple time frames, and we use this uh, information to determine when high probability opportunities are present in the marketplace, as well as where the dangers are, and we create trading plans that are appropriate for those conditions. So just a sampling of some of the stuff we look at, uh, this is just, uh, I'm just going to throw up some pictures here. We have a very long-term chart on the Russell. We look at our patterns. We look at our channels. We look at our support and our resistance. I mean, you can see the long-term channel in the Russell here. You can see a price pattern put into play in 2008 that's very major. We can set targets off of that. We can set targets off of our smaller-term price pattern here in our 2011 crash. All useful information on where markets are likely to stall or possibly reverse. We go to a weekly chart. We do the same thing. What are our important weekly patterns and our weekly support, our weekly resistance? We do the daily chart. We also look at the hourly chart. We want to look at all the relevant information. We want to put together the highest and most likely movement that the technical traders are expecting in the marketplace for the duration of our trade. Again, we have channels, weeklies, and dailies. We have moving average extensions. You know, how far do we travel from our 250 and 20-day moving averages? We have maximum run cycles. So what that means is if you look at a market, it generally has a certain amount of points that it goes down and a certain amount of points that goes up, and it cycles back and forth between those. We can use that information to help us do, uh, make better decisions and basically decide what scenarios we want to cover within our trade. So, for example, you know, we might have this situation here, and what we're going to do is we're going to set up our trade on our chart. We're going to take our maximum loss scenarios. So here you can see I'm planning on losing this trade if it goes over 945. I'm planning to lose if it goes under 750. I have some other ranges in here. I have my time frames in here. 
of where I the trade sh- the market should be at certain times. And you know, if this holds this channel and it breaks resistance, I can say the most likely move it, movement is for it to overextend into a price pattern target and then probably stall or reverse. I can also look at the scenario if it breaks the channel and it breaks resistance, where is it likely to go? And I can look at the scenario of if it holds resistance, where is it likely to go? And I can put this stuff together and I can come up with a what we call trade design specifications. So I make general statements about what I see. If I see a market and all my patterns and everything are telling me that the market's going to probably move it, or there's a decent probability the market's going to move between 760 and 945, I can design a trade for that. Now, this is a 30-day trade, and that's 100 and almost 200 points. Generally, I'm not going to be able to make a trade that is going to handle a 200-point move in a 30-day expiration trade and make a lot of money. So, you know, my design spec for that particular price range is going to be, I just want to survive, right? I want to survive without max lossing out. You know, if the price move happens to be a little bit tighter, 790 to 745, I should be able to win something. If the price movement runs between, you know, 810 and 890 and it expires between 860 and 880, that's my big win scenario. And I'm going to go for a really big return if that's the case. And then, of course, I have my losing scenario, a move under 760 or 945. So I'm defining my big win scenario. I'm defining my losing scenario. I'm defining how I want to, when I want to pull profits off, essentially, and when something in between happens. So in a nutshell, this trade is going to be designed to allow the market to pull back off of resistance, because if we looked at that chart a little more carefully, we would have saw that the, the market was pretty much at resistance. We want to allow it to pull back off resistance without drawing down too much and then make money during the expected rally. That's how I would set up a trade. And I do that by coming in here and I graphically plan it out. So I can say, this is my entry plan. And so this is an M3R that's 30 days to expiration. For those of you who don't know what an M3R is, it's a variation of the M3. It is demonstrated in the ROC program, and it is something that we're sometimes adjust into. But the reality is you can trade an M3R trade. You can start out that way, right? And you can just do that trade if that trade is appropriate for the market. So when I laid out the expected price movement, I thought my best shot at making the most amount of money is, was to enter in an M3R position. So I do that, and I lay this out, and I basically say, if the market does what I expect it to do, it's going to pull back into here somewhere, and it's going to bounce. And if it ends up staying in this range, I should be able to make 10 to 15%. If it ends up over here, I should be able to make 15 plus. If it ends up exceeding that, then I'm going to drop my target again, right? Now, you might be saying, well, how am I going to make 15% here? My expiration graphs under the water. That comes into play with the adjustment plan. But this is, this is my planned market movement, and this is how I want to make my money. Should the market exceed these levels, my plan changes. My profit target drops because the market's making more movement than uh, I, maybe I expected or more movement than I – it's making so, enough movement where I really can't expect to get maybe more than 10% out of it. It's probably closer to 5 to 10. If it goes over this level, then that's essentially my loss scenario. I stop out because now the market movement doesn't make sense to me. In other words, if the market stays between 760 and 945, I've already determined that market movement is, is what I would call rational. 
If it starts going over 945 or under 760, there's something serious going on in the market because it, because the technicals don't support it. So if that's being the case, that's the case I don't understand the market. I want to be out of the market. And then, of course, I have my downside scenario here where I'm going to start reducing my profit target as I reach down to the 760 level. So that was the entry plan. We also have an adjustment plan that we put in place as well. So my plan basically is to trade this as an M3R if it stays between yellow and green. If it starts to go over green or, or uh, over 880, I'm going to scale into a rock trade. I'm going to reposition and scale into a rock trade. If I go into a rock trade, uh, I, can, I can increase my profit target. I can be 15% or more or maybe even 20% or more if I go into a rock trade. And as long as it stays in that range, that is my plan. If I come up into here, I know I'm going to be in a bearish butterflies expiration trade. And if I'm in a bearish butterflies expiration trade, my goal is to make my money back and get out. I, don't, I want to drop my profit target down. I want to make a token amount. The trade's going bad. I want to leave. If I start pulling down, I have to do a rollback. I'm going to drop my profit target to 5%. The market's not really doing what I expected. So I just take a smaller, a smaller number and I leave. And of course, if I break my red areas, then I just simply exit the trade at whatever my winner loss is. At the same time, we have an overrunning maximum loss where if at any time the trade goes bad and it doesn't react as I expected, I hit a certain loss number, I'm out. But that's an example of how we might want to put a plan together with an M21 strategy. Now, I set, uh, well, I set up a, a little demonstration for you here. I obviously cannot do all the trade planning within the time frame in the webinar, but what I can do is I can, we can take a look at a very challenging expiration cycle for a lot of people in the Russell, which was the October expiration cycle. A lot of people you know, had challenges that month. And, um, you know, like I said, it was a little bit challenging. We had a volatility scenario going on, and it was a tough month. So let's take a look at that. Let's, let's just kind of on the fly create a trade concept for the situation, and we will, we will trade it. So I'm going to pop up think or swim for a minute. If we look at 8.18, that is this date here. <laughs> so what do you notice about the market? Well, we have a range that's expanding. In other words, our, our highs are getting higher. Our lows are essentially staying the same. So we have a range in general that's expanding. In the last, I don't know, what's this, 25, 30 days, we've dropped 100 points. We're at a major support level. If I'm a bearish butterfly trader, do I want to enter a bearish butterfly here? Doesn't and the answer is, idea, well, I don't know. Because maybe I'm bearish. Mm -hmm. Maybe I said, look, this is the biggest down move we've had in quite some time. Maybe I'm bearish. Maybe I think that this, maybe my, maybe my technical opinion or bias is, is bearish here. Remember, we're not, we're not using this level to call, to call direction. All we're doing is we're using this level to decide what the traders are going to do. Basically, here at a support level like this, the market's either going to whipsaw and bounce like a son of a gun or it's just going to bounce, or it's going to break down. And if it breaks down, it's probably going to be fairly hard. I mean, that's, those are the most likely scenarios. So I can say, it's perfectly fine for me to say, hey, you know what? I'm a little bit bearish. I'm going to enter a bearishly positioned butterfly. I think that's perfectly fine. It would be crazy for me to say, I'm going to follow the upside 
uh, the upside adjustment guidelines for a bearish butterfly and try, try to ride this out for the 100-point anticipated move I'm looking at. So do you see the difference there? So the entry position of entering into a bearish position butterfly is perfectly fine. The, uh, the notion that I'm going to chase this, that this is likely to go 100 points if it bounces and that I'm going to chase it is borderline foolish. Okay, so those are two very different things. So if I had a situation like this and I was bearish, I could say, look, I'm going to enter a 1340 bearishly positioned butterfly. If the market comes down, I'm essentially going to tr treat it as a bearish butterfly, but um, I'm not going to do any kind of rollbacks or anything, right? So, so I can do that. And I can say, however, if the market gets over 1380, that means that it's much, much more likely to rise. And if it does rise, the most likely point for it to go is 1452. I do not want to follow the market like that. Therefore, if that happens, I am going to shift strategies. I'm going to do something different. Also, if I do get to 1452, and again, I project forward in my mind. If I, if I get to 1452, if you know anything about price patterns, if the market does rally back up there, that's what's called a cup and handle pattern, typically bullish, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see another extension of the market higher than this. I already know that already, so I don't necessarily want to go really negative delta at that point. I just kind of want to hold and see what happens at that point. So that being the case, you know, how am I going to deal with my adjustment strategy at that point? Where is the opportunity in the market where I can go negative delta? Well, if you look at the market cycles on the Russell and you know what they historically are, Russell runs 160 points and usually falls flat on its face, at least for a period of time. It may go higher in a couple of weeks or whatever, but it usually falls flat on its face. There's only one time in history that that hasn't happened. That is the November election. So if I know that information, I can set up my plan to basically start out bearish, be slightly bullish at 1380, be neutral at 1450 and be bearish at say 1485, 1490, because I know this this should stop dead in its tracks right around 1510. Okay, I, I already know this information and I can set up a trade around that. So let's see what something like that might look like. Let me do this. So I have this date here, it's August 18th. It is 63 days to expiration. I chose August 18th because it was the very bottom of the market and we're going in the wrong direction. So that's, and that's, and that's the reason. So we enter a bearishly position to fly because we're bearish. We have an analyzed graph that looks something like this. Now, I'm essentially going to stay in this position until I break 1380. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it's not necessarily bullish if we hit the support area and have a bounce, but it would be bullish if we, if we, if we get over 1380, realistically around 1370 in that situation, knowing what I know about the Russell and technical analysis. So I'm going to stay in this till we're 1380, at which point I'm going to make a shift in the position. What do I want to shift it to? Well, if I'm going to 1380, well, first of all, I could just exit, right? I could say, you know what? I took a bearish shot at the market. I mean, which isn't really bearish because if the market stalls, I still make money. If the market goes up a little bit and I wait long enough, I'll probably still make money. So it's still kind of, it's still an income trade. But I'm taking a bit of a bearish shot here. 
uh, where I'm biasing the, myself a little bit there. It, but it, you know, if I if I'm wrong with that uh, that thought, then what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to you know I can either exit and move on and re reevaluate. Right and go into another expiration cycle or whatever. I take my small loss and move on, or I can, which is would be a good risk reward ratio, by the way, right? Because realistically, I'm risking about seventeen hundred dollars. I might make I might make six, seven, eight grand here if things go my way. Uh, very good risk reward ratio trade. But if I, so I could do that. But usually, I'm a little bit more proactive than that, and I'm going to make a decision here and say, well, if I go over thirteen eighty three. I'm going to convert this into an M3 trade. And not just a regular M3 trade, what I call an FDM3 trade or a flat delta M3 trade, which is essentially an M3 that's traded a bit more positive delta than normal. I generally will use about half of the delta limits on a standard M3. And that's because I'm slightly bullish. That doesn't mean I'm directional. I'm not going to lose if the market comes back down and I'm slightly positive delta necessarily. The market would have to crash, right? So it's still a neutral trade. It's just, it's just leaning a little bit, uh, leaning a little bit positive delta. If I go from a bearish butterfly to an M3, one of the things I have to be aware of is I can't take a fifty thousand dollar plant capital bearish butterfly for those who know these trades and switch it into a fifty thousand dollar M3 when the bearish butterfly is drawn down because it's going to be hard for me to make that money back. Fifteen hundred dollars wouldn't be bad, but realistically. If I go from a bearish butterfly to an M3, I should be in a triple-sized M3. I should be jacked up to $150,000 plant capital M3. So I should be a $50,000 bearish butterfly, a 150 M3. Now, if you are a APM squared person who's been through that program, we would actually do an ultra capital fishing M3, and that would actually keep us at a $50,000 capital level. But for the purposes of the demonstration, we're going to jack the capital level up when we do that. And then if we happen to go back to a bearish butterfly, we'd want to jack our size back down from a 30 lot back to a 10 again. Okay. So that would be how we would plan this out. So if I have this trade here, this is the situation. I'm just going to go forward here. Um, let's just go, say, six or seven days. We'll see where we end up. All right, so nothing's really happened thus far. Here is a position we're in. The market's gone up a little bit. Not really a surprise, right? Let's go to, let's say, the 28th. And I think the market, okay, so the market's over 1382, uh, 1380 now, okay? So we sat in the trade, and we took our bearish stance, and we're wrong. It, it didn't, it didn't. Work out. Look now. Now things look a little bit more bullish because the market didn't crash down through our support level. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to turn this into an M3, and I'm going to crank my. It's going to be an FDM3, and and I'm going to crank my size up to 60 lots, 20, and I'm going to add a call here. And again, it's uh, probably let's just pick a low time premium call, and I'm going to do three of them. Again, if I wanted to do this capital efficient, I could narrow the wings out a little bit. I could go into a weekly call, and I could still keep the $50,000 level in here or right around that level in the trade if I wanted to. But now this is basically a slightly positive delta M3, 
Okay, really a position this size, I'm allowed 150 positive delta. I'm not even one-third my maximum. This is still very neutral. So that puts us in a trade essentially that looks like this. If I'm wrong and the market wants to kind of hang around down the bottom, we still make money. If it comes back and it breaks support, then I'd have to do a rollback procedure, and I just do a standard M3, right? And, you know, no harm, no foul uh, on, on the trade. So let's convert this here. And... Let's go to, well, let's we'll go like another 10 days. And I'll, and I'll look at the chart too. Analyze. Okay, so let me go back. Let's see, I have, I have a note here to check the first. So let me, let me see what's going on in the first. I just want to get through this fast rather than going every single day. So if I go to the first here... What is going on? I have a situation where we are. Ah, there we go. So I have a situation where uh, if, you, if you follow standard M3 guidelines, right, standard M3 guidelines say basically if you're more than 10 points over the long strike and you're positive Vega, it's time to roll a position up. So in this case here, I would want to do a roll up on the position. So I just close the butterfly out. And I don't need to move the call, although I could move the call, but I don't necessarily have to. I can roll this up, and I would roll it up to uh, probably 1380, which is going to be here. Let's just try 50-point wings. One, two. See what that gives us for a delta number. All right, gives us minus 87 and a position that looks like this. That is acceptable. I could try to flatten out a little bit more. But standard M3, I'm more or less still expecting the market to run up to, say, I think it was 1450 was the level of the cup. So at a minimum, we should end up up there. I mean, it may not be this expiration cycle, but it should go there. Uh, let it, let's convert the trades. Let's fix the trade log. And we'll go, let's say, another 10 days. I want to look at the chart, too. All right. So this is a flat delta M3. It's a 30 lot. Normal M3, we're looking at minus 300. Flat delta M3, I'm looking at minus 150. I'm over delta limits here. Uh, was I over delta limits yesterday? Oh, probably not. I got a 15-point up move. No, we're fine here. All right. So following day, I am over delta limits. So I would want to make some sort of an adjustment. Typically in a situation like this, right, I have an M3 trade. You know, I'm inside the tent. I have a sagging upside T plus zero line. That's my primary concern. I would straighten my delta out probably by moving some of these here down. So I would go, say, minus 20 and plus 20. And end up maybe cutting it back like that. So let me just convert that. 
And that puts us in a position like that. It nicely flattens our T plus zero line to the upside. doesn't hurt the downside too much. So that's a nice uh, thing there. Let's go. Well, it's, it's going to be a little bit faster to run into a problem at this point. Let me go four days. No, everything is fine here. Our vague is good. Our delta is good. Our T plus zero line in general is good. Let's go another day. Ah, a Vega problem, right? So, again, I can do the same thing. I can essentially the same thing. What I can do is sell 10 of these, and let's just buy them here. Brings us down to, like, 10. It flattens us out. Again, we're, we're expecting a 1450 move. This is what we look like. Uh, let's convert trades. One of the things I wasn't thinking of that I might have wanted to have thought of is if I really thought this was going to 1450, I might have wanted to roll up a little bit higher, a little bit earlier, so I didn't have an, a point, uh, I didn't have an adjustment point at 1450. That may have been a, a consideration. But anyway, we will we will move forward here. Let's see, it's the 15th. Let's go to Monday. We have a Vega issue on, on Tuesday. Let's see about Monday. Yeah, we have a volatility issue on Monday. We had another up move. We're more than 10 points over the long strike. I, again, should consider rolling this up. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. So let's let's do that. We're going to roll up to, uh, let's do, try 14.10. So let's close these out. Let's roll up. To again, I could roll this up here if I wanted to also, but we'll leave that there for now. Um, Fourteen ten, that would be minus seventy, and plus sixty. And now I need to see what I want to do with my upper wing. Uh, if I go five, I'm probably too negative delta. I am, so I probably want to go say. Let's try 10 and 20. That's 196. Actually, I don't think that's one. Let's, um, let's convert that just to see what it really is. Convert it and put everything back in here. All right, that's 195. Even that maybe is a little bit high for me. So I might want to bring that down a little bit more to bring it here. All right, that brings us maybe to our maximum, which brings us to, oh, I see. I have a problem with the downside here. I made a mistake. That's why I need plus... Uh, you take 30 contracts out of there. Convert. Ah, okay. So that gives us minus 15 delta. So that's good, right? So that leaves us a position that looks like this. So now I have, again, a standard M3 position slightly outside of the tent. If I go to, let's just do the 22nd. We'll see how we sit. 
And I'll try to wrap this up, Seth, in the next five minutes because I know you're running away tight on time. Sorry, John. The 26th is is here. I Let's think most people would rather see, you know, you, okay. you play this out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll play it out then. The 26th is here. Let's go to, uh, I was 20 seconds there. Let's go to the, say, the 26th. And I have a volatility issue combined with a fairly flat delta. And I'm not 10 points over. Generally, if I'm going to roll back the uppers here, I'm going to end up, well, I could do that. Let me see if that, what that does. Right. I, I might have to go more positive delta than I want to to correct the issue this way. So that being the case, right, so I'd have to do 10. In this situation, right, I'd have to do 10 to get negative vega. And I would be very positive delta, although that's okay, right? This is actually okay. That would be an okay move. I'm going to be more than 10 points over the long strikes after that. So I could do that move, or uh, I could probably be a little less extreme in the positive delta realm, and I can correct my vega by doing this, which is going to give me less of a, of a, of a volatility, uh, less of a delta shift. So it's going to give me a little flatter delta. And it's going to give me the negative vega that I want. So I'd probably rather do that. So let's convert that trade there. And let's go to the T log. All right. And now we're at what? We're at 14.58. At this point, it almost looks like we're breaking higher. It looks a little bullish. Let's see what this happens here. All right, so all right, so now we got a twenty-eight point move, right? We have a profit in this trade of uh, oh, four thousand dollars looks like with that move, and we have a situation though where now we're coming up on fifteen ten. We're what? We're twenty. We're twenty-five points from fifteen ten, and I would anticipate the market start going a little bit negative delta at some point here. I could, if I wanted to. I could roll up and play out the trade the way that it is. The challenge is that the market's moving 28 points, just moved 28 points. And I'm getting fairly close to expiration. If I get on top of it, it's going to be, you know, even with the theta decay that I have, it's going to be difficult to, from a gamma standpoint, to deal with a situation that close to expiration by the time I chase up that high. So, you know, I could either, you know, flip this into an M3U and hold the $4,000 and, and see if the market comes back, or I could um, I could roll up and I could try and fight it in this expiration month. Or, you know, if, if I'm doing my trade planning, if I want to go negative delta, I could go into a bearish butterfly. The challenge with going to a bearish butterfly here is I, if, if I'm in October, I have to be very right. If I put a 50-point wide butterfly on 20 points behind the market right now in October, that's going to draw down like a son of a gun, even going – the 25 points up. So I'm going to be in for a bit of a ride if I do that. I might not want to do that. I might say, you know what? This is a really nice high probability trade for November at this point. Let's just shut this thing down at whatever little win or loss we have. I mean, $4,000 is, 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 a, is a small loss. Let's just shut this thing down and let's go into a bearish butterfly position or a, but let's do it in November because November gives me more time. It's going to be less gamma. It's going to allow me a little bit more price movement to be wrong. 
and go from there. Now, one thing I've always said about a bearish butterfly is a good entry on a bearish butterfly does not make a good bearish butterfly trade. And that is because, yes, I'm expecting this to run to, uh, say, 1510-ish. And historically, the Russell does flatten out at plus 160, and it'll probably pull back some. However, if I, if I, you know, technical analysis theory says if I get a run like that, that generally it's going to reset itself. And to reset itself, it has to have a 30% retracement. If I want 160 points, 30% of that is what? I don't know, like 45, 50 points or a 30% time frame. And if it did this in, I don't know how many days it did it in, but if it did it in, say, 30 days, then I would expect ten in 10 days that the market, again, has the power to go higher. So I want to start out as a bearish butterfly. I want to take advantage of the fact that the market's probably going to pull back or range sideways for a while, but I don't want to stay in it too long, uh, at least not holding with bearish butterfly guidelines. So again, this is going to be a modified trade. It's going to say, well, I'm going to enter as a bearish butterfly. As long as the market goes up continuously, I'm going to continue to scale in. I'm going to continue to trade the plan. And however, once it runs sideways for a certain amount of time or pulls back a certain amount of time, my 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 plan changes. I go into something else. And um, that's going to be the case here. So we'll show that, uh, I think, because I, I, I think it's going to run sideways for too long. So let's convert these trades. Let's look at the uh, charts here. And this day here is after... I think it's this, uh, no, no, that's not the, that day. Let's move on. That's this day. So this is where we are in the charts. Uh, 1510, not only is it a 160-point run at 1510, I also have a price pattern target that I've set up here at, 14, at 1514. So I have two reasons for the market to stall there. So that gives me maybe a little bit more confidence that we're likely to have a stall there. But um, once this tops out, wherever it tops out, I'm going to be looking at how long it took to make this run, and I'm going to be aware of that, and I'm going to be aware from a time standpoint when I'm going to start cutting my negative delta off on the top of my bearish butterfly to create, uh, you know, to protect myself to the upside should the market take off. So let's move forward here, and I'm going to go to the, uh, let's see, I have a, a date marker on the fifth here when I need to do something. All right, option view, let's go. Ah, apparently it doesn't want to do that. Uh, October 5th, 2017. Let's close back, trade. We'll come back in. Yeah, that's what you have to do sometimes. October 5th, 2017. Yes, but you have to keep track of your date. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to start over again. That's right. All right. So if I'm doing standard bearish butterfly guidelines, I'm going to add at 1510. We're at 1510 here. We're 
or up, uh, we've lost some money, right? Because this is this carry. I think carry over the profits from the other trades, so we're, we've lost some money, which isn't a surprise. The market's gone up twenty five points in a very low volatility environment. So let's um, let's do this here. Let's convert that, and this is what the position currently looks like. So now we're at a level where we're fairly confident that the market's at least going to stall, and uh, we can hold here. We can hold negative delta. One of the things I would do is I would necess wouldn't necessarily be doing a bearish butterfly trade here, by the way. I'd, I'd be doing what we call a bear trade, which is a super simple spreads program, where I, do, where I ignore my delta theta rules because ultimately I have a technical bias that the market's likely to come down, and I know a normal retracement off a 160-point move is 60 points. And I want to be in a situation where I can basically handle a 60-point move without any problem. And that's where I am right now. So even if there was a delta theta rule, I don't necessarily want to do that. Okay, um, We know that doesn't happen because we know the future, but I don't know the future at this time. Right? I don't know what it's going to be. So here is how um, we would do there. I'm just going to go to the... 17th. I have a date mark on the 17th, and I'll show you why. So here we are on the 17th. This is up at like $9,000. My delta number is fine. I don't have any adjustment points here. However, what I do have is I have a significant amount of time that's gone by. If I look at my charts and I go here, I think this is the 17th. I have two things going on from a technical standpoint. I have one-third of the time that it's took, taken to make this run has, has just happened. I'm also coming into the primary trend line of the Russell. This is a if – the, if the market's bullish and people want to buy this, this is where they're going to buy it. If I'm a directional trader, this is where I'm going to buy the Russell. Okay? So that being the case, I have a – much higher probability now that this time's gone by and that I'm at this technical level, I have a much higher probability that the market's going to bounce off this point. So I'm going to want to protect myself against that. It turns out to be the wrong decision um, long-term uh, with this particular trade. However, I don't know that at the time, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start kicking this back into like a 20, I'm going to start using delta limits for like a 20 lot M3 trade. And I'm going to say, well, you know, I'm going to start cutting this back. And that being the case, I want to be under 200 negative delta. So I'm going to correct that by just rolling in these upper long strikes, right? And that's going to kick me down in delta numbers. It's going to put me into a position that looks like this over the position that looks like that. So I'm starting to kick down my upside risk because I'm kind of preparing for the likelihood that if it's a bullish marketplace, it's probably going to take off on me. So I make this trade. So basically, I'm in an M3 trade now. All right. So guidelines. It doesn't look like an M3 trade, but it's an M3U trade. So those are the guidelines that I am using, except I'm kind of ignoring my delta theta guideline. Right, I'm over that. And if I go to the 18th, I think we start running delta issues again. Right, we did get a 10-point up move. 
again, I, I, I'm, I'm with 263. I'd, I'd want to consider cutting this back some. So I would do the same thing and come in with something like this. And I'm sure that's not right. Right, it's cut me down, I'll say 165. Now I look like this. And if the market just takes off, I just flatten out. I take away my profit, whatever it happens to be, and I move on. And I think I'm able to stay in this for a period of time from here. Because the market's just kind of drifting downward. And we didn't really hit any delta issues. Let's drift up to, say, a couple more days. Right, this is an update. Again, I'm up over 200 here. I'd want to do something like this. And I convert that. Being a trade looks like this. This is looking familiar to UB1 traders and stuff like that, uh, or M3U traders. And then go to the, this doesn't have anything, I don't think, till the 6th. Right, and this is our. This was our. I think our fake out. We'd want to cut this back once again. All right, so just we're just treating this as a standard, standard M three U type of position, and you know we're getting a, we're getting some serious money in the trade now, and of course it's perfectly fine to exit the trade at, at that point if, if that's something you want to do. If you find more up, because there's one thing I'm doing while I'm doing this is I'm I'm, I'm always looking for opportunity in the next month and the next month, so. Um, you know, if I find opportunity somewhere else, then I'll take it. If I don't, then we'll just stay in. I think we had Tuesday. This is getting close. This is probably the big down day that we had, right? I end up with, say, 300 positive delta. I Obviously, I can't have that. So um, I do the old, what we call a Texas two-step. We pull back our upper wing and reduce our size here, plus 10. Minus, let's see, I'll put this, yeah, I'll, 1360. Let's try this here. All right, I could come into something like that, and we can convert that. Maybe not that aggressive, I'm just kind of moving things along here. But this is how I would handle this particular position in that case. And then, of course, we have, uh, well, yesterday. Yesterday, I think, was relatively flat. And then if we go into today, we look at something. It'll sell off today. Well, if we go to yesterday, you're, 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 like this. you're on November 8th. So you yeah. Right. So, oh, okay. That's not even yesterday and today. Okay. Never mind. Right. Um, I, I've lost track of my time. <laughs> All right. So we have a mini sell-off on Friday. Again, everything's within limits here. We have Monday. Oh, the, okay. We have Friday. What happens Friday? We might as well bring, bring this up to today. You know, see if we have any other limits. Right. Really no adjustment limit there. Monday. And today is Tuesday. Right, that's fine, and then today. So 
we essentially have a position here where you may want to exit. I would definitely consider exiting something like this. We're starting to take on too much directional risk and stuff. But you can see how we took a month that was very, very challenging for a lot of traders. And it was traveling for this, too. When you look at the time we went through, we went through that whole M3 trade. We didn't really make a ton of money there. But, you know, I, we were wrong with direction there. We were a little bit wrong where we actually started to go negative delta. We were a little bit wrong where we thought that the market was going to blast off at that technical point. But yet we still were able to make a trading plan that was much, much better than the standard, oh, I'm going to enter a bearish butterfly at this big support level and I'm going to ride it up 100 points. So lots of you know, good things that you learn how to do in that program. And I think I have one more slide here. We can take some questions if you want. But I was just saying, you know, the M21 trading system, what it includes, it provides training on technical analysis procedures to determine the market environment. Uh, that we're encountering. It's very comprehensive. It gives you um, a lot of information there. It teaches how to create trading plans, custom designed to get the most out of the given market situation. We talk about trading psychology information to help you reduce stress, follow your plan. We um, do training on trade execution to help you make live trades as efficient as possible. And, you know, we include trade planning sheets, lots of examples. There's just a ton, a ton of information in there. And if you're, you know, if, you, if you're an M3 trader, with rock and bearish butterfly again those are kind of prerequisites to the course then um i this takes your trading to the next level teaches you to be just a real trader and uh, you know even if you're not that type of trader even if you just do this like broken wing butterflies for example and condors you can take the the information the trade planning information and the, the technical analysis information you can apply that to whatever you're doing and, you know, you'd be doing the same thing. You'd be setting your trade plans up differently because you're not using an M3 bearish butterfly and rock. You might be using something else, but the, the concepts are all the same. I mean, trades are trades, right? And, uh, and it all works out with that. So with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this back over to Seth, see if we have any questions, and, uh, and go from there. Well, thank you, John. And um, it turns out we do not have any questions uh, we are getting some nice comments. Great session, guys, says Greg, and so forth. And uh, so, as you may have suspected, one of the reasons for the timing of today's webinar is that we are putting the M21 video series on sale. Um, as John said, it's the ultimate in trade planning for advanced market neutral options traders because it takes so many other important skills into uh, into consideration. And it I call it the, the, the thing that kind of ties all of John's strategies together. And so, uh, and, and a number of the traders on our desk are trading this strategy now. So get ready for 2018, get the M21 series now, finish it up, absorb it, and you can start planning out your trades for 2018 at a discount because normally this program, which is an unbelievable bargain, the number of hours uh, that John spent, I was there personally, as well as a small group of people, some of who are probably in attendance today. Um, it, the, the, it's just a really great series. There was a workshop on the third day where the uh, attendees on film went through different scenarios. Uh, and uh, it just, just a, it's a, just a really great program. And so uh, we're putting it on sale. We're knocking $200 off the price until December 6th for the M21 video series itself. If you want to buy the, the whole package of all of John's products, you can do so at a really, really great discount until uh, December 6th. 
because we're knocking the price down. The individual components, if you add them up, are fifty-eight twenty. We're knocking the price down to forty-six fifty-four. The bearish butterfly, the M3, the Rock, and the M21, you get them all. So it's it's just a really, really terrific deal, and it's going to be available until December 6th. So give yourself a Christmas present, early Christmas present, or early even Thanksgiving present. Um, it expires December 6th at 4.15 p.m. when the option market closes on December 6th. So please do consider this. It's a It's a wonderful program, and so many people have transformed their trading with the M21 strategy. I'd also like to point out that, oh, the where where you want to go, smbu.com slash M21, which probably could have easily been guessed by me, but I got flustered here because I lost it. So anyway, smbu.com slash M21, that is where you can find all the information about this great uh, sale. I also want to point out that we have the leaders of our Options Tribe trading contest through the October, which was a very tough month. Locus, Vega Vulture, Pop-Tart of Doom. What do you think of that name, John? <laughs> J-Dub, who is somebody you know and I know, on the leaderboard. So everybody's doing a you know really great job. Uh, here are the dollar leaders as well. Um, I also want to encourage everyone to join the Options Tribe. And uh, it's very easily done. You just click on the Join tab on OptionsTribe.com, and it tells you how to get started as a premium Options Tribe member. It's only 30 bucks a month. Uh, you get 5% off of all SMB video products, including anything that we put on sale. You get John Locke's weekly RUT trade review at 10 a.m. on uh, Monday mornings. Uh, and you also get uh, uh, all the recordings that we've been doing for six and a half years now. Uh, tremendous presentations like this. You can study. You can binge watch as much as you want. John's probably done 50 Options Drive meetings. You'll see them all. You can study them all and learn so much and so many other wise traders have been on our webinar over the last six and a half years. Also, I want to point out our our guest next week. Our guest next week is Luis Guerra. Luis is going to be talking about the SMB, uh, the uh, M3 program. And um, he is uh, a disciple of John Locke's, and he's going to be doing a deep dive into the financial drivers of an M3. So we're waiting for Luis, uh, who's a very deliberate guy, to come on the Options Tribe and talk about that. That will be next week, which is November 21st, Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. And uh, that's, a, in a sense, a good follow-up to today's discussion, but it focuses uh, on the M3, which is a key strategy for Luis. Just real quick questions for you, John. Yes. Uh, can th There's three questions that have come in. Can you do this with just the M3 and the bearish butterfly without using the rock? Well, you're going to have a lot of, like I said, you can run M21 style trades. In other words, there's a lot of technical analysis information. There's a lot of trade planning information uh, within the program. That said, it's applicable to anything. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to make a trading plan that includes parts of the rock system if you don't know what the rock system are. But realistically, you can do a very you can do some really nice trading plans just popping back and forth between an M3 and M3U and a bearish butterfly. So, so yeah, I think it's applicable for that. You're just going to be have some information gaps. That's all. Someone asks, have have you updated content in the M21 or is this the original? Well, I don't, I don't know what we've done with the M21. I don't, I, I don't remember. Think it, been, it, I don't it, think there have been updates. There have been updates to the individual components, the M3, 
the various butterfly, the rock. We're actually doing a new uh, update to the rock uh, for people who bought the rock in our sale in uh, October. So, right. but uh, the M21 itself, I do not believe we've updated. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much it. it. It is a very good, very thorough system. The way that it is, They're really, um, I haven't had any really requests for more information on it. So. And, uh, we got another follow-up question. How do we get the technical analysis? Where's that content in the M21? The technical analysis content is in the, in is in the M21. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, yep. very helpful point that people may not have realized. And Dave Stewart is asking, can you remind me real quickly what is the M3U? Because he forgets. Oh, it's a, it's an M3 without the use of a call. So it's a, it, it's we have two versions of it. We have a broken wing butterfly version. And we have a broken wing condor version. So we're 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 just altering wing widths to deal with the delta issues rather than having a call. Okay, very good. Yeah. That's great. Great. Well. Um, I want to thank everyone. You stayed overtime. You get extra credit for doing this, but there you go. Learned a lot. Yeah, John, you get you get extra credit, and everybody else gets cre- extra credit for having stayed and learned. You know, this is how you do it. This is the blocking and tackling. This is how you become a successful options trader. So, please join us next week uh, for Luis Guerra going into a deep dive on the M three strategy financial drivers. And uh, thank you, John, for a tremendous presentation. We've given you guys a heck of a deal on the M twenty one. Seriously consider it. It's a tremendous program. Thank you, and have a good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Good night. Thanks, John.